This morning on Life on Purpose podcast, we have um, literary agent and marketer Blythe Daniel, and we also have um, her mom, Dr. Helen McIntosh, who is a counselor, speaker, and author herself. Um, so welcome, ladies. I am so, so thrilled to have you. Thank you. Thank so you so much. We're excited to be with you. Well, their book, in addition to their just regular accolades, um, the book Mended that they both wrote together is was just an incredible mother-daughter journey. I don't even want to say a story, but it's just really showcases the importance of um, a mother-daughter relationship. It doesn't necessarily have to be biological mother, but just that bond and the importance of kind of nourishing that relationship as it grows and, and, you know, as it kind of, you know, you get older and the relationship changes and and all of that. So I'd like to just right off the top, ask you, like, what point did you say this book needs to be written and why? I think both of us felt like we had really noticed how some relationships around us were affected by the mother-daughter relationship or the lack of. And so um, my mom being a counselor had worked with families and heard stories over the years. And then really, I would say the, the big part of this has been her own personal journey, as you said, of what she experienced in her relationship with her mom and then what she desired for our relationship to be. And, you know, really these relationships that we're talking about while the mother daughter relationship is really central it it can it can focus out even to further relationships such as a father and a son or a mother and a son the principles that we share in mended our book really can apply to those other relationships but you know as a mother and daughter writing this we're really focused on how god designed a mother to be a nurturer and how as daughters we we have received or not received that well from our mothers and then how do we pass that on to our children as nurturers based on what we've received so that was really the point in which we said you know what i think that what we've learned what we've seen maybe this could be helpful for others Definitely. She said it very well. We, <laughs> my friends have always said, Helen, you and Blythe just do so well. You get along so well. And we have, we've put a lot of work into it and we really have been sobered by the stories of our, our friends to write something down because there are so many stop places along the way that are so critical and important to relationships and we we just felt it was treasure that needed to be shared immediately reading it I felt that like that and I'm and I have a good I would consider myself to have a a good relationship with my mother but I still think that there were so many great points in the book that really just show that you you need to keep that effort going It, it needs to be a continued effort it's not just going through the motions and it's easy to do, you know, as moms, we get busy, we get overwhelmed and we all have those moments, or at least I do, where it's, I'm crawling into bed and thinking about my apology for the way I, (laughs) you know, didn't speak as graceful as I should have or reprimanded, you know, someone a little bit too harshly. And, and so I think it's important to know that it's not a one and done, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a continued effort. And so that's what I really love about this whole book and that the fact that you guys were willing to offer that to other 
other moms and daughters themselves. Um, and I love that how you, it even trickles back. You know, it's not just the relationship you have with Blythe, but it's it's what, Helen, that you've experienced and maybe what you wanted to change for the better. I think we all have things that we love about our relationships and we have things that we might want to do a little bit differently with our own children. So I think it's nice to be able to navigate that out and figure out what worked and maybe what needs to be changed for a, a new relationship with your own child. Yes, thank you. We resist change with every fiber of our being, don't we? And yet we if do. it's not working, it really might be that you need to try something new. Yes. Yeah. But it's hard to do that. That's not an easy that's not an easy feat, I think, like you said, because we do resist change. You feel like, well, it did work. I mean, you know, and we got through it, but that doesn't always mean that's the best thing we could be doing. And I think the more we're open to saying we need to make a change, I think those are the better relationships, which clearly you two have. And that's why, because you, you were both had an open openness and willingness to make those changes. Yes. You know, I think you're right, Amy, because um, we don't like change when it feels like we're somehow not doing it right. And so sometimes when we say we need to make a change, we'll automatically we feel like, well, I must not be doing this right. And then we take offense. Right. And then that, that leads us to want to shut off the relationship or that person a bit, close off part of our heart because we feel targeted. Mm -hmm. and, and yet what we're saying is really, you know, the back of your mind, you're thinking, I need, I need things to change. But what comes out of your mouth is something like this. You know, mom, I feel like right now things are awkward between us. And I would like to hear from you. What do you think we need to do for our communication to be better? And automatically you're giving the other person a chance to respond. And you're not saying, well, I think things are awkward because you don't do this and you always say that. And like it, it then that mm -hmm. person's going to go right back to the defense again. And so what we're really wanting to offer mothers and daughters is a new way of communicating. And that is just honest, open answers with each other, inviting each other into conversation. Because as you said earlier, Amy, like what we're doing in the mother-daughter relationship is this ongoing conversation. It's not a one and done. Let's take care of this issue and then we can move on. It's just right. this ongoing interaction with each other. And so for some people who don't have that ongoing conversation, how do you initiate it? And I think that's what we're saying. Just this honest of, you know, I know things right now haven't been good between us and neither one of us really would probably want to continue to live this way. So what do you think we need to do to bridge that gap between us? What can I do? What is it you need to see from me? Mm -hmm. And as a counselor, moms come up with a lot of different ways to phrase that because that's the thing that a lot of people came to her and said, you know, Helen, um, you and wife have a good relationship, but what do I say? I don't even know what to say to my mother right. or my daughter. <laughs> and so, right. mom, how did you respond to that? Like when they would say that, like you, we would rehearse it. I, I would give them some words and, and we would role play it. And they were so grateful. And I love what you just shared, Blythe. You're right on. And Amy, we, we do um, have the relationship as the goal and not changing the person that we're in relationship with because as fly said when when sometimes change is brought up somebody usually is quite defensive mm -hmm. 
but if it's the relationship we're trying to get better and not the person, then it's less touchy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so we, we encourage um, mothers and daughters to continue, to continue to talk about the relationship and not you need to do that, but instead, what does our relationship need? What do you think it needs to make things better? So that that has been the focus, but it's quite fun to role play these words. And we have included in the book that the suggestion that you might wanna do it by snail mail or email or in person is is wonderful, but in this season of, of um, social distance that might be not might not be possible right but there are many ways we can communicate well i love that i was writing that down because i you know what a great way to well first i love just that right off the top don't change the person and make that aware i'm not trying to change you but i want to change our you know relationship i mean immediately the defenses go down. Mm -hmm. But I think you're right. Both of you are right. When you approach it, which I feel like is more of our natural born <laughs> tendency to do and say, I don't like the way this is. And then it's immediately coming out like, I want to change you. I don't like this about you or, or that about you. But when you're just changing the relationship and making that known, I think is the key on, you know, keeping the defenses down and really starting that open dialogue. And, and then you had also said just, you know, what, what do you need to see from me? And immediately when you're taking the ownership on, I need to probably change something for you, again, it keeps those defenses down and almost welcomes the conversation as opposed to wanting to steer clear of it. You know, I mean, that's I mean, just a brilliant way to set that up. And I, I love that. I mean, I think that, um, and I know you have that as your background. So, I mean, <laughs> gosh, what a blessing though, to share that with other people, because I think that unless they are being able to, you know, experience that with you one-on-one, -on -one, you know, in a session with you, a lot of times people wouldn't know to uh, even say it like that. And it, it seems so simple and basic and yet, a lot of it, a lot of times that just escapes us because our emotions kick in and, you know, we react more than we think first before <laughs> how, how is this going to be received? How is this going to come across? So I, I really appreciate that. I, I think it's wonderful and it's, and it's so interesting and having good relationships is purposeful and, and, you know, God wants us to have solid relationships in the right way, you know, not um, showing grace and not being so harsh and judgmental. And it's easy to do, especially when our feelings um, get intertwined and all of that. And so when we aren't doing it the right way, it can create a, a level of anxiety. You don't necessarily want to be around that person. You're fearful of what to say or what maybe they're going to say to you. And this is why this conversation is so important because I don't think you have to have any of that fear or anxiety if you just have the tools to set it up the proper way. Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> I think you have laid that out beautifully. And so what I wanted to ask you as a follow-up to that is, can you talk a little bit about the conversation starters in addition to this one, just to kind of keep that re flow of conversation going? Like we said, it, it's not a one and done, but you know, um, 
I don't know for you, Helen, but as you know, this is your profession, but was it harder to kind of um, adapt this directly relating to Blythe being your daughter? I mean, is it easier to, like for me, I can, I can always help, you know, have a conversation with somebody and I feel like I have all this great perspective <laughs> when it's somebody that's not living in my house. So, you know, how, how do you transfer that over? How was that process for you? Do you know, Amy, one of the first times I remember using these sentences was when Blythe and her brother were about to go off to college. And I remember just God encouraging me to be so honest. And I think the transparency is is a, is the framework. <laughs> and so I remember saying to them, you know, Brian and Blythe, I have been working hard to get codependency and a few other things out of my life and I said if you see these things come up in our relationship when we are having physical distance I really do want you to help me by pointing these out so that there's nothing that will interfere with our relationship or be difficult so I I I asked them, gave them permission, et cetera, to come back to me, to give me feedback when, when we were not doing well. Mm -hmm. And blessedly, they didn't ever have that conversation with me, but it started us off on a wonderful path to talk about what was real. I don't know, Blythe, what would you want to add? How did that affect you, darling? You know, I think it gave me the freedom to be able to go to mom with any concerns or like she, she even said, if you feel me starting to control you, you need to speak up and you could say, mom, that feels like control. And so, um, so it, it, it does give us a sense of being able to have a voice and to know that the other person is receptive to your coming to them and talking to them. And so um, the conversation starters that we have in our book are really to just help help you start to process things. And you know what? What we, we don't want women to feel like is you have to go way back to mm -hmm. all the things that has been a part of your relationship. So starting from where you are today to be able to, you know, to say, I, I want to have a better relationship with you. Um, I know that I haven't exactly um, been the kind of person that you could warm up to or that you could come to. But I, I want to be that person. And so um, would you be willing for, um, for us to have a conversation about what that could look like? And so, you know, just being honest, simple statements, as mom said earlier. Um, and I, you know, I think that as the daughter, then how, it, how do I feel about implementing that with my girls um, when, you know, all, I, all day long I'm talking about communication with other writers and how does that how does that translate to me communicating with my girls um, and my son? And I think that, you know, if we can't be honest with the people that we are directly in relationship with, that I don't believe that we're going to have good external relationships outside with friends or with colleagues or those that we work with. I mean, it really does affect our relationships with other people. And if we're not managing our homes well and our relationships well at home, it's hard for us to see how God can give us the blessing of those additional relationships. And we haven't really, we maybe just push them aside and think, well, I can work on these relationships because these are good relationships with work or with church. Um, but I think it really, we really need to come back to that central point of how am I handling things with my mom or with my dad or with my brother or my son 
um, with my daughter. I think those primary relationships that God gives us are so important. And I think that's one reason he gives them to us is to see how we will handle those relationships that he knew ahead of time would be ours and how, how, how are we doing in that area? Um, I think that translates to all other areas of our lives. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. And I think you have to be able to, and be willing. And I think that that's what I love about the two of you. And in writing this book is you also have a, you have to have a willingness to want to move forward with that and to recognize, okay, what, what can I do to make this better? Or, you know, what will I even be willing to do to make this better? You know? And so um, I think that that's, that's huge and it's really appreciated. And I love also life that you pointed this out because I didn't mention this before, but I think it is important to know that you don't have to go back and dig up the past to have a good future you know, future relationship. I I think, you know, if you can just pick it up right where you are right now and just say, let's start from here and let's start, start fresh and, and moving forward. That doesn't always mean you have to go back. And I think that the thought of having to go back sometimes, and I imagine you would know this as well, Helen, is that that's an intimidating feat right there, especially for for someone trying to better their relationship, but feeling like if they have to go all the way back, and, and um, revisit and, and um, you know, dig up these old, you know, hard, hard times, and then they're less apt to want to do that. And then just, you know, kind of keep your head down and, and keep moving forward, even if it's not the best, you know, relationship it could be. Right. We were sure built for relationship, both with God the Father and with one another. And boy, when we are off with one another. We certainly do know what that feels like. And so that's the signal that, that you might want to start with a conversation with the one you're not doing so well with. And it, it is just like you, uh, I believe we have learned to walk through fear and take that next step forward and not get stuck. The same is true with these difficult relationships, if you can just take one step forward with one of these little conversation starters, Mm -hmm. you've broken through the paralyzed feeling of not being able to to go anywhere with it. It will be better if you can take one step. It would be a big help. Yeah. And I think one of those steps that we encourage women to think about um, with a mother or daughter is focus on what you have in common. Because often when we get to a place where we feel like I'm just, things aren't good. I don't want to have a conversation. I, you know, we, we know of a mom and daughter that um, they were not speaking and hadn't for years. And um, I got the privilege of sitting down with this mom and she really wanted to have a relationship with her daughter. And one of the things that she did was she texted her daughter and she asked her daughter to think about one of the things that they had had in common. And um, they, they started a texting conversation and you know what, that commonality that, that, took away some of the differences and where they were able to focus on, you know, I remember this time we did this, we love watching movies. We, we watched this movie and it opened up the conversation just by focusing on what they had in common, because often we have more in common than we, than we will realize. Sometimes we focus on our differences rather than what we have in common. And so that, that was one way that we've seen women really start a conversation is looking at what you have in common and focus on that. Go to those areas um, where, where you're able to. 
Right. Well, I think you're right. I think it's easier to focus on the differences, but but so much more helpful to focus on, you know, the commonalities of, you know, what do we, what do we both like? And you're right. I think more times than not, there are, there's a lot of things that you have in common with your mom or, you know, um, stepmom or whatever, whoever is filling that role for you. And then, but you get hung up on that one or two things and then that's the stumbling block. So it's nice to revisit and just, you know, take a pause and just say, okay, wait a minute. What are the things that we do enjoy, um, doing together and, and all of that and, and reevaluating it. I think it's, it's good to just, um, to go back. And like you said, sometimes the most basic things are the most profound in making that, that change, um, mm-hmm. which clearly you, you guys had laid out in this book. And that's why I love it. It doesn't have to be some sophisticated, um, you know, solution, but rather going back to the basics and learning how to just have a conversation, um, but using the right, the right words, the right approach really is what makes the difference in reconnecting. And I love that you were able to help this friend of yours reconnect with her daughter. I mean, that's a huge gift. I, it always breaks my heart when I do hear of relationships that get to that point where, um, they, their people, family members aren't speaking. That's, mm-hmm. and maybe because it's been foreign into my relationship with my family members, but I can't even imagine where, how do you get to that point? And I mean, but really once we're talking this out, you could see how easily you, if, you know, if you don't have a willing party, um, how it could go that way. If, you know, feelings get in the way and you just shut down as opposed to wanting to just um, directly, you know, address the, the situation at hand. So that was, that's a huge blessing, Blythe. That's, that's a wonderful gift right there that you did for someone. Well, you know, I think, Amy, I think that what you're right, that when people, um, I think the big piece that keeps people from having the relationships that they want to have and, and it's the forgiveness piece. And I think that when we're able to release someone from judgment or we're really able to release them and, and choose to forgive, um, you know, that's something we can say to them. I choose to forgive you, you know, whether or not that this, you recognize how this has affected me, I choose to forgive you. And then I want to ask your forgiveness um, for how I have hurt you. That forgiveness piece is key. And that was what it was like for this mother and daughter. Um, the mother had asked the daughter um, for forgiveness. And I think that once the daughter saw that it wasn't just a transactional, where you will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? That, that the mother really was entering into a deeper relationship, wanting to not just do that forgiveness piece. But that was one of the things that I think was, was key for them uh, and for others as well is just being able to bring forgiveness into the equation. And oftentimes we are waiting for the other person to ask our forgiveness. Whereas we want to be the ones that would say, you know what, I'm going to put my pride aside and I'm going to humbly ask their forgiveness. And with God's help, this isn't something we do on our own. Right. We need to ask God to show us where do I need to ask their forgiveness for what I have done and, and Lord help me to choose forgiveness for, for them um, based on who, how you've forgiven me. Right. No, I think that's important. I think that that is so important, the forgiveness piece, because Mm -hmm. you're right. I think that, and maybe that's where um, the feelings get caught up and people have a tendency sometimes to not move past it is because they're waiting for that. They're waiting for that. Each person 
each party is waiting for that forgiveness. But boy, what a bold step for if you can lay down your pride and just offer that out to somebody first, what a difference that makes. So, I mean, that's just a, that is a key piece. I feel like in any relationship at any time to be able to do that, um, you know, and like you said, it's not easy. I love that you point that out. It is not easy. All of these hard steps, you know, it's a lot of prayer <laughs> and, you know, a lot of God's guidance, but it needs to be done. And boy, what a difference it makes when um, we are willing to do that. It takes courage to to be the negotiator, but it, it is such a blessing and it is such an honored role. God, it's so like God <laughs> to right. lead in us all into a peaceful something. And it only takes a few minutes. I think so many people get this picture in their mind that it's going to take years and years to repair some ruins <laughs> that need restoring in their family. But it only takes a few minutes as uh, following Bly's stories that she just shared. It just took a few minutes for us you know, the, the wise one to, to lead the relationship in a new direction. And it's so healing. It's just the most Mm -hmm. wonderful place. And we're not saying it gets fixed right away, but it gets better and better and better and better. And it's the right direction. And God just loves it. Our, our, uh, your listeners have probably they're probably very familiar with Isaiah 58, 12, that talks about being a repairer of ruins or repairs of the breach. And it's just such a wonderful assignment and God will be with you. It's just, it's supernatural when you begin it. It's just the greatest, greatest honor to begin that conversation. Again, it just takes minutes. It's not years. Right. Right. Which is great news, which is great news. And, and just, you know, and can alleviate that intimidation factor of holding off and not doing it. You know, I mean, just knowing that a few words can take minutes to begin a healing process. Like you said, it doesn't mean that everything's all done and and over with, but immediately it, it starts that level of healing that, that um, needs to come for, you know, a future better relationship, which I think everybody really truly does want. I think that when you live in strife, and I think you had mentioned this in the very beginning of life, I think when you don't have um, good relationships with the people that are your, you know, internal network that you live with a day in and day out, and you have that strife in your heart, it does trickle over in other areas, because I don't think it's natural to want to feel that. I don't think, you know, I mean, God doesn't set us up for, for that. He wants us to, you know, love people and have, you know, peace in our heart. And so if we're constantly feeling that strife with someone close to us, um, you almost can't help. And, and I'm sure at times, and I mean, I've seen it, you can see it in other people, you know, um, they're carrying that around in other places, whether it's their work or just outside relationships or just how they're carrying on in life. Maybe they're not as happy as somebody else and, and they're because of that constant internal struggle. So I think it's important, like you said, you know, you, you have to really take care of those relationships first and build out from there. And, and it does make a difference. And if you're seeing joy every day or, 
or if you're not, you know, or what are you seeing? And, and maybe that's a telling um, moment for you to, to try to reevaluate, you know, what, what do I have going on? Am I facing some relationship struggles that I'm just not acknowledging? And if so, you know, what can I do to, to help that? Because in turn will help all these other relationships and feelings that I have going on. So I think that was a really a wonderful point that you had said that early on. So my final question to you ladies is with all of this great wisdom, <clears throat> it almost seems silly to ask this because you've been giving it out pretty much the entire interview, but what advice could you offer? Maybe each of you just one piece of your best advice on how other women can live their life on purpose in relation to, um, you know, connections with their mothers or um, just other relationships. What, what would you say is the best advice you would give? You know, I think um, what comes to mind is that um, relationships are God given, you know, and that, um, that they're not ours to gain, but they're ours to give back. And so if we are just trying to gain this type of relationship with a mom or a daughter that we feel like would look good and feel good. And, and this is what we would like to have out of those relationships are really coming into it with a me attitude. Mm -hmm. And as we know, you know, all of us are born with the ability to pour into others and to be poured into by God. And so I would say that when we look at our relationships as ours to give mm -hmm. and not necessarily to gain what we want out of them, I think it changes how we live. And, and I think that's really our purpose that our life, purpose is really to reflect God in our relationships. And when we go at it with God, what do you want me to give this person? What, what can I offer them? How do I live with this person who maybe is difficult um, rather than what is it for me? What's in it for you, God? What, what would you have me do? And I think that just helps our framework around relationships. Mm. Yeah, Thank I you. think you're right. One of the strongholds that I got is um, wonderfully taken away is intimidation by people. And so um, in answer to your question, it's often very intimidating when there's a gnarly situation in front of you <laughs> to back away. But I just want to summon courage for your listeners that, um, you know, we want to go on a no regrets path and mm -hmm. let God do what God does in us. Um, I think that there's a wonderful verse in Ephesians 6, 13 that life has heard me say countless times, and that is having done all to stand. And we want to just encourage your listeners to do everything they can that they might not have any regrets. But if there's an any inkling of an assignment in their hearts and heads, minds to to offer a question to the one that they're not doing so well with, mm -hmm. go for it. You know, have, I just want to ask that they would ask God to give them the courage to not be afraid because fear is not of God, is it? We know that mm -hmm. verse, there's countless verses, do not fear verses, but we are neglecting the love of God if we, if we go on the fear path instead of his path. So I just want to encourage them to take that step and the fear will evaporate. You will be so glad you step forward. And what you're offering is kindness and healing. 
it's not like you're offering something terrible because each of the sentences, I guess there are dozens and dozens of sentences that we've put in the book that just offer life. You know, they, they just start off by saying, well, we're, we're probably not doing so great, (laughs) but what do you think we need to do to make things better? I mean, it's such a polite and kind sentence. You're, you're asking them to, it's an open-ended question. So I think I just want to say, you go girls. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of the phrases that I love um, is fear is normal, but courage gets the final say. And I think you just kind of summed it up right there by saying that. And I think it's so true. It's hard to do, but boy, just if you can be brave enough, you don't have to, you just have to be brave enough. You don't have to be brave in every aspect, but just brave enough to make one step, like you had said earlier, just one small step, whether it's one conversation or just, you know, an email, one email, (laughs) exactly. One text, you know, um, and that's all. and, and, And what a difference just that one brave step will make. So Amy, here's the icing on the cake. We just had a recent sharing by someone that they sent a video. They prepared a little one minute video of things they wanted to say and sent that as you would send a photo. And it was beautiful. Mm. Isn't that a great idea? That is a great idea. That is a wonderful idea. Yeah. Well, I hope some of the listeners, um, take that and run with that because I do think that that is a wonderful idea. And especially right now, you know, we're all confined to our homes. We're trying to do what's right and um, social distance and all of that, but you can still connect. You can still connect. You can still make phone calls. We're doing a zoom call. We can see each other, which is so lovely. And, um, but, but there are ways to still form those relationships, you know, and, um, reconnect them in a, in a more positive manner by just taking some of these um, simple, but really profound steps that you ladies have, um, you know, beautifully laid out in this book. So I would encourage my listeners to pick up a copy of Mended. It was just definitely, it's a, it's a book that you can have forever. I think you can pick this up in five years and 10 years and, you know, everybody goes in those waves of, oh, I'm, I'm parenting so well. And then you're like, oh, I, I really need to step it up. So <laughs> it's one of those that you can just keep picking up and keep reminding yourself, okay, this is what I need to do. I, I've kind of slacked a little bit here, but I can, but that doesn't mean I'm defeated. I can, I can still get a win here if I just start adapting some of these, you know, questions and conversations and um, reincorporating them in our everyday life. So thank you women so much. I so appreciate you guys are both just wonderful, wonderful guests. And um, I'm grateful for your time. I know you both are extremely busy. And so this is a, a wonderful opportunity for me and for my listeners to get all of your wisdom. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, Amy, so much. Thanks, Amy. We really appreciate you and all that you do to encourage listeners, and we're grateful for your ministry. Oh, well, thank you. Well, we will touch base soon, and um, thank goodness for Zoom calls, I say, because it was so <laughs> nice to actually feel like I was in a room with women today. <laughs> right. Oh, us too. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Well, have a wonderful day, ladies, and um, I hope we connect soon. That's it for us today. 
Thank you as always for tuning in each week. If this episode has impacted you personally, I would love to hear from you. Please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing on your favorite listening platform. As for next week, we are changing topics and talking about all things related to marriage. So with a little, or I should say a lot of persuasion, I got my husband to do a, a Q&A my daughter is leading to see how well we know each other after 24 years of marriage. So I'm excited to have you listen in. It should be a fun time. <laughs> I don't know about for him, but for sure uh, me and hopefully you listeners. So in the meantime, don't forget to live your life on purpose. Have a wonderful weekend and God bless.